You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. When the pod dad is away, the boys will play. On a fire Friday. On a fire Friday. Walker Mail not with us. He is uh, doing the afternoon show uh, on ESPN 7:30, filling in for the great Jerry V. So yep. here we are, not Edwards, Doug Branson in the studio, Gitmer.com studios, about to lay down some fire. We got chaos going on. We got a little bit of chaos. I mean, Walker big timed us basically. Walker did big time us, if we're really honest. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not going to show up. I'm going to do Jerry V's show. Um, excuse me. Um, I don't have time for your little podcast. I have something called radio. Exactly. You showed us up. I've done radio before, Walker. You ain't that special. He's the pod diva. He's the pod dad. And at least today, he is the no pod guy. Uh, reminder, you can get Locked on Hornets on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and when you get in your car, make sure to tell your smart device to play Locked on Hornets podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trips. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. We've got a lot of news to get to. Usually, we would be messing around on a fire Friday. But more Kimba Walker news because Mitch Kupchak decided to speak to the media today, a day after Kimba Walker uh, revealed that he would, in fact, consider taking less to stay with the Charlotte Hornets. But he's also willing to talk to other teams. Now, Nada, we have not had a chance to hear from you on this. Before mm-hmm. we get to Mitch Kupchak, what's your reactions to Kimba Walker basically playing with all of our heartstrings right now? Which, which way is he going to go? First things first, I love Kimba Walker. Why in the hell would you say, I'm going to be out here willing to take less money? Now, granted, Doug, I have a question for you. So if someone, if you had a chance to make $221 million, mm-hmm. would you take a dollar less, especially if you were in Kemba Walker's shoes? Well, I, I think I personally I would um, because I think that so many of these stars now are thinking more about situation, more about legacy, more about the idea of how they'll be perceived many years from now and not necessarily considering top dollar. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that top dollar has become so huge that what's a couple of million dollars if you've got a chance to win a championship or maybe in Kimba Walker's case, a chance to be comfortable in a place that you like to play. I, I understand being comfortable. I understand wanting to build a legacy. I understand possibly wanting to win a championship. But you want that money. Yes. Pay me my money. Run me my coins. Well, you know, some players in the NBA really look at the max contract almost as a sign of respect. Exactly. Saying like, you know, give me the max, not even because it's it's the, the, the amount of money that I can uh, make at a maximum, but just because I get to say that I'm a max player. Now, Kimba Walker has never struck me as the kind of player that would really give that too much thought. So I don't think he really plays around in that mind space of, oh, I have to have a max contract because that means I'm a max player and people will treat me like a max player. Well, you're and you're right that they'll they they'll treat him like because he's a three time All Star, so I'm not sure it really matters if he's a quote unquote max guy 
at this point, he's a made man in the NBA. Third-team All-NBA, three-time All-Star, should have been four straight, if you ask me. But you don't take money out of your own pocket. This is one of those things like, all right, I'll be generous. I'll take a little less. But even then, I'm not sure I'm going to be that type of guy to where I've been in this situation where I have carried this franchise to 30-plus wins for over, again, almost four or five years now. And you're going to try and short, I'm going to shortchange myself. That doesn't make any sense. More importantly, if it's going to be one of those situations where I take 170, 180 for over five years, then why not just take the four for 140 somewhere else? And I think there's this big question floating around Kimba Walker's comments. And the question is not what will he do, but does it really matter if Kimba Walker goes out to the media and says, well, yeah, I would consider ta- taking less. Does it really matter because, you know, it's it's not in the context of an official negotiation, not yet at least. But then we get general manager Mitch Kupchak yep. speaking to the media today, and here's the quote from Mitch. My understanding is he'd love to be back here in Charlotte. Now, I don't know if his representative approved of those comments, to be honest Probably with you. Probably didn't. I guess we'll find out. So, Nada, do you think that Kimba Walker speaking to the media as honestly as he did, or at least as openly as he did, do you think it's going to hurt Kimba Walker ultimately in the negotiation that he has with Charlotte? It should. I mean, Mitch would be dumb if he didn't. Like, hey, I have your public comments here saying I'm willing to take less to stay. I also have another public comment where you really want that fifth year. Guess where you can only get that fifth year? I'd be right here in Charlotte. So if uh, for me, he's put himself in a situation where he can be leveraged. And he had all of the leverage from the minute that game against Orlando was over a couple months ago. Yeah, but if another team steps in and says, yeah, we'll we'll pay you the max four years. We can't give you the fifth year. That's where Charlotte can step in, but we'll give you the max four years. Also, we'll pair you. We'll make you a, a centerpiece, but we'll also pair you with players that will allow you to play even better than you did last year and also have a chance to contend in the NBA playoffs and possibly be the Kawhi Leonard story uh, of of this next season. But and, and, you know, thinking about – I just thought about this. You know, Kevin Durant, the injury that may keep him out next year. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson, pretty serious injury himself. Don't know how long that timetable is going to be. Uh, suddenly, if the Dallas Mavericks or the Los Angeles Lakers come calling – well, now that, that championship promise is even more promising than it was even a day ago. I would agree with you if you said the Lakers. I don't necessarily agree with you if you say Dallas. But I'm just saying Kimba's going – I think Kimba still has leverage uh, with the organization because there are going to be teams that present him with better opportunities than the Charlotte Hornets can. I agree with you there, but I also – and this is where I guess Kemba does have a little bit more leverage, and I do slightly agree with you, because the just taking the temperature of the fan base, if you don't offer this man $200 million at, at the minimum, there are going to be riots on Tryon. There are going to be people <laughs> storming Spectrum. I don't know about that. That already happened one time. I don't think that that would happen over Kemba Walker. Um, all right, so we've got much more to talk about on this show. Uh, Mitch Kupchak had some uh, thoughts on what he and the Hornets might do on draft day coming up June 20th. We're almost or less than uh, 10 days away, less uh, six days away, in fact, from the NBA draft. 
So we'll talk about those comments as well as some of the storylines floating around now that your Toronto Raptors are the NBA champions. Thanks to Untucket for sponsoring Locked On. If you're looking for a great Father's Day idea, their shirts are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA to get 20% off. Also, make sure you're listening to the Locked On NBA podcast where we are doing a mock draft. Of course, we traded down, traded away from that 12th pick against to get the. My wishes. Well, against my wishes, too to the 17th pick and the 27th pick. So you'll hear some analysis from Walker on that. But what, say, Mitch Kupchak, would he consider trading trading back? Find out after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were <laughs> we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want him to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Please listen carefully. Is Mitchie getting itchy? I like that. Oh, yeah? I like that. Mitch Kupchak, general manager of the Charlotte Hornets, speaking to the media today. We got some fresh quotes for you. You heard in that first segment his comments on uh, the upcoming free agency of Kimba Walker, but he was also asked about the draft and whether he would consider trading up or trading back. It sounds like Mitch Kupchak much more amenable to the idea of trading up than trading back. And, of course, uh, Rick Bennell on Twitter already getting in a Bennell burn, a shot on maybe this podcast, maybe uh, I think towards, it's just Walker. I think it's maybe towards Walker for trading back in the Locked On NBA mock draft. Rick Bennell tweeting us, the quote from Mitch, I don't anticipate us trying to move back and then saying I think Mitch was directing that specifically at you. Yeah, I think that I think that was definitely towards Walker. You being yeah, he he tags me, but I just want to say on 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 the record here, I did not advocate trading back uh to get the 17th pick and the 27th pick. That was more Walker than me. Walker wanted the additional picks and really hadn't fallen in love with anyone at the 12 spot. But I will say that two years ago, this podcast was able to trade back and acquire John Collins with the 21st pick, traded with the Toronto Raptors. And John Collins, of course, going on uh, to have a spectacular couple of years for the Atlanta Hawks. And then this season, I'll go ahead and spoil it, we traded back to 27 and acquired Keldon Johnson out of Kentucky, who... You were telling me before the show has been invited to the green room. Yes, he has. He might find himself being a lottery pick. He might find himself in Charlotte at twelve. Ooh, all right. I like that prediction. But first, let's talk about what Mitch said that yeah. that he would consider at the right price moving up uh, to in the draft. Do you see them moving up possibly into the top five, or do you see this as more an opportunity, much in the way we saw last year the Clippers doing, moving up one or two spots to get the guy that that they they want? I honestly – I struggle with this because I don't see a way that doesn't involve Bridges and Monk to get into the top five. That, to me, would not be the right price, and I think – 
I think Mitch Kupchak really likes Miles Bridges and would not consider that the right price. The, I, neither would I. I would honestly ask you, of all these guys, and you start looking at the metrics, is a guy like R.J. Barrett any better than Miles Bridges now or what Miles Bridges was coming out of college? The question I have is, are you trying to get ahead of a team like Atlanta for Cam Reddish? And what does Cam Reddish bring you? Besides the shooting. Now, granted, Reddish had a very, very underwhelming season. A lot of that not his fault because I was not a big fan of what Coach K did at Duke with the offense. I wonder if that's the guy they're targeting. So you probably looking to get to seven. My question, though, for anybody that is talking about trading with Chicago is, and I would ask you the same thing, Doug. Wouldn't it be better just to go get Wendell Carter Jr. or see the price of Wendell Carter Jr., especially if they're infatuated, if the Bulls are infatuated with Jackson Hayes, as everybody seems to be reporting right now? Yeah, and so that, you know, I, I think it's you, you got to find a team that's desperate and that really loves a particular player. And, and maybe there's a team above the Charlotte Hornets that could find that player at 12 and, and you start dealing with them. Uh, but I hope that this organization uh, doesn't give up future assets for anyone in the 12 to 4 range because I don't see anyone in there that's that's worth a, a future asset. But certainly I think if, if there's a player like Malik Monk who you really don't see a future with because there is such a log jam at, you know, at the 2-3 position right now, especially if MKG is healthy and decides to return uh, to the Charlotte Hornets and opts into his contract – then all of a sudden, I, I think you you do consider moving a Malik Monk if uh, uh, the right opportunity presents itself and you fall in love with the guy. I would agree with that. The only thing is, I would possibly, depending on the price now, and I have to say this, depending on the price and depending on what it is, I would consider throwing Dwayne Bacon in there too. And I like Cam Reddish. I'm not sure how much I like him to give up Dwayne Bacon, but if they love him, and you think Cam Reddish can be a difference maker and be that wing to pair with a Miles Bridges, then why not? And we've seen, listen, we've seen teams uh, uh, make deals around draft time and make deals in general that have allowed themselves to become championship contenders when they really had no business being championship contenders. Hey, like a team named the Toronto Raptors. Oh, that's right. That's right. So uh, I've got some interesting numbers here that I want to share. Uh, basically, the draft position of everyone uh, that was a part of this season for the Toronto oh, the Raptors. And, and I think it's very interesting where they were all drafted and how the Toronto Raptors ended up acquiring those players. I'll share that with you okay. after the break. Today's show is brought to you by Grip6, ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap. And it's a great Father's Day gift. Go to Grip6. They've got a special offer for you at grip6.com forward slash lock. That's L-O-C-K-E. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Hornets on the new Himalaya podcast app in an ever-expanding podcast world. You really need Himalaya with their personally curated playlist and themed collections of shows to help you with podcast discovery. You can find everything from comedy to mystery to thrillers to sports. Download Himalaya free at your app store today and make sure you subscribe 
to Locked on Hornets. When we come back, a little NBA Finals talk. Why not? Raptors in six. I was right. Oh, no. Oh, man. I can't believe it. it took me two segments. This is what happens when I have to kind of shepherd things, and I forget to mention how right I was about the Raptors winning No one feels six. sorry for you. Oh, but they feel impressed. They no, might they not, don't. They, they feel very impressed by my knowledge of NBA basketball. No, we don't. We'll talk about that after the break. This is Locked on Hornets. You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire they just time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And <laughs> you so just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. The NBA Finals are over. The Toronto Raptors, first-time NBA champions, and the Warriors are they're licking a lot of wounds right now yeah yeah but i will say i will say this though about them clay thompson did one of the biggest g moves ever the man goes up comes down tears his acl Mm -hmm. gets halfway down the ramp Mm -hmm. decides to turn around so someone apparently informs him someone informs him that yeah you can't come back if you don't make these free throws since it's a non-flagrant foul so what does he do? He turns around on a on a basically a torn ACL, makes two free throws, boogie foul fouls the next on the next play, boogie fouls so that they can sub him out. And then we find out torn ACL. Salute Clay Thompson for the amount of toughness. One of the last OGs left in the on this planet. Oh, listen, they listen, the Golden State Warriors are certainly a tough team. I mean, that's like the one thing you cannot question. Maybe too tough. Maybe they were just too they, – they, they're not enough bodies. I mean, they had to be tough because so many of those starters had to play so many minutes. The Golden State Warriors making the bet that they could have so much overwhelming talent in that starting lineup that they did not need a bench. And unfortunately, they ran into a team, the Toronto Raptors, that had and has had one of the best benches in the NBA – and were ultimately able to survive this, uh, what Mike uh, Prada on Twitter called the the NBA war of attrition. That's what the NBA season has turned into now, 82 games, and then, uh, you know, seven-game series all through the playoffs. I mean, it's really, uh, when you look at the the past couple of years, it's been teams that have been able to survive major injuries Mm -hmm. and come out the other side. And, And, you know, luckily for the Toronto Raptors, Kawhi was able to make it work. I mean, we're, we're, this was a whole different story if Kawhi's injury became more serious all of a sudden. Oh, no, it absolutely is. And this, like, the two things I've gotten from this season is that, one, the NBA's luxury tax and the repeater tax and everything involving that, that works. It works. It's a functional system because it did what it was designed to. It was supposed to dominate those teams that put many max contracts on there and you can't just come back and build a bench year after year after year. You have to think about these things because it'll add up to 200, 300 million on just paying for the players, not just the roster. So you're talking about maybe half a billion at after a certain point. That's why you're ta- you're hearing the rumblings of Draymond Green possibly being traded this offseason. A guy in Draymond Green, I wouldn't mind seeing here but if, only if they have the assets. But it's also, like you said, the battle of attrition. And more importantly, 
the importance of the rental market. And when you start thinking about the rental market and you start thinking about, oh, you're going to dump all these assets for one year. It's not really that worth it. And then you win a title or you get a guy like Pal Gasol, who you may assume may end up not being a big thing for you, but you end up winning. No, oh, Marcus Gasol. Pal and Mark, because yeah. you got to think about it. The Lakers back in the day. Yeah, oh, and, yeah, yeah. And then you had Mark who came in, in as a quote-unquote rental because, remember, he can opt out. So you're talking about guys that are worth it in that one-year trade market and winning a title and then having enough to clear the decks and start all over again because, you know what, you just won a title. It brings up these interesting numbers that I found on uh, the Charlotte Hornets Reddit. Username the Fanslater posted these numbers. The draft position of players in the NBA Finals. And I just want to go through and read the draft positions. Give it to me. Of the players on the Toronto Raptors. We'll start with Jody Meeks. We'll start with the undrafted players. Malcolm Miller, Jordan mm. Lloyd, Eric Moreland, Chris Boucher. Boucher? Yeah, Chris, Chris Boucher, who, Chris was on the, Boucher. who was on the Warriors last year. Jeremy Lin, undrafted, of course. Mm-hmm. All right, now let's talk about the rotation players. Jody Meeks drafted 41. Patrick McCall drafted 38 by the Golden State Warriors. Three for three. Norman Powell, uh, 46. OG Ananubi, 23. Mm -hmm. That was an actual Toronto Raptors draft pick. Danny Green, 46, was acquired via trade for DeMar DeRozan. Serge Ibaka, 24. Pascal Siakam, 27. Marc Gasol, 48, acquired in a trade this year. Fred Van Vliet, undrafted. Kyle Lowry, 24, uh, Mm -hmm. traded or acquired via trade. And then, of course, Kawhi Leonard drafted 15 right outside of the lottery. So none of those players drafted in the lottery initially. And then Leonard, Lowry, Gasol, Abaka, all not acquired via the draft. Danny Green as well, not acquired via the draft. So my question to you is this. Do the or do, does this fact that Toronto was able to build this championship contending team via trade, not really via draft, give you hope as as a Hornets fan or as someone that that looks at the Hornets situation and goes, wait a minute, maybe they can do it too? Yes and no, because I've been the guy that's written the only way out for the Hornets is through Kemba Walker, and I have kind of backed off of that massively. At the same time, we can't ignore that they traded two lottery picks. Guys like Jakob Podol, who was, I think, draft, drafted either 8th or ninth, and DeMar DeRozan to get to the point where they could get a uh, Kawhi Leonard and a Danny Green. Like That part matters. What you're trading from to get what you're trying to get matters. I also think... That it is possible, and this is why I've not really been on this tanking thing, because outside of Philly, we really haven't seen it work all that much. So I think that the Toronto plan, the Milwaukee plan of just hanging around, rebuilding, retooling, figuring out exactly what you want works perfectly. And I think it is a model for them to follow, especially if you're worried about attendance numbers TV ratings numbers, especially coming up on a new TV contract for the Charlotte Hornets. Well, I think it's why it's exciting that Mitch Kupchak is at the helm and why I'm excited to see when he does start to maneuver in the trade market because we know he has the credibility. We know he has the relationships in the NBA to pull it off. 
but the problem has been that he does not necessarily have the assets that Toronto had. He has no DeMar DeRozan to float out to the San Antonio Spurs and get and and find a situation like the Spurs had when the, when the relationship that they had with Kawhi Leonard was untenable. And even though Leonard, it, it seemed like he didn't express any interest, at least initially, of staying with the Toronto Raptors, now at least there's an opportunity. There's a question mark uh, next to that possibility. And I really think that this whole situation with Kawhi Leonard, and you can uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, Nada, and I'm sure you will. You're great at that. <laughs> um, but this whole situation with Kawhi Leonard, I think, should put away any kind of analysis that that says, oh, well, don't the Charlotte Hornets shouldn't trade for that guy because there's no chance that that guy is going to stay with a team like the Hornets. Look, if you if you trade for someone that that has an opportunity to get out, but you present him with a championship opportunity, you can get him close to that to that prize. Of course. Th- then I think now you make that deal. I think if you're Boston, th- this sort of gives you the ammunition to go out and get Anthony for Anthony Davis for one year. Oh no, this makes perfect sense, and I do agree with you on this because, and not even a championship. Again, the fact that you can possibly, if you can get a guy that can be eligible for a supermax. That's when that's you absolutely have to do that because at the minimum you can offer them more money than everybody else. And despite the fact that there are those that will say, I want to win a championship, it's like Kemba Walker has said before winning is not guaranteed. The only thing that's ever guaranteed is that contract is the money for that contract you sign. So I'm more of the trade forum, see what happens because. I mean, we've seen how many guys actually say no to the Supermax. Anthony Davis is one, and Paul George is the other. Everybody else is signed. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do that, if you're going to trade, you're making a very educated gamble. It's kind of why I'm surprised a team like Denver hasn't gotten into the Anthony Davis sweepstakes because you're talking about we're going to give you all this money and you have a chance to win a championship. And we dare you to say no. And I think that's what's made the draft history of the Charlotte Hornets so frustrating. And it's what's made the talent acquisition of the Charlotte Hornets in general so frustrating is that now you've got someone in Mitch Kupchak that could make deals, but you know Malik Monk has not uh, shown enough to really be incredibly attractive to other teams. And you're, you're stuck with Nick Batum, who has underperformed severely since signing his deal. And you're stuck with Cody Zeller, who mm-hmm. has not been able to stay on the floor. And just these assets that you can't move, you're really just hoping that Mitch can hit the reset button and start drafting well. It's why I'm, you know, if they don't move off of 12, uh, and even if they move up, listen, if, if, if they move up, and it's because Mitch Kupchak really zoned, you know, zoned in on a guy and said, "Oh, this guy's, this guy's got it." Then I'm honestly okay with it as long as it doesn't come at a gigantic future price, because I'm ready for, I'm ready to see what Mitch Kupchak can do in the draft and in trades to start taking this team in the right direction. But I do think if he had the opportunity to move back and get off some of these salaries, then I would be okay with that as well, even if Mitch is not. I I am kind of there where I've accepted that they're probably going to move back, if only because you have um it wins, once MKG officially opts in, you'll have almost what sixty million dollars in salaries that you can move off, or I'm sorry, it's almost forty million dollars in expiring set salaries between Biz, MKG, and Marvin, and I'm of the mind Marvin's probably going to be the last to go 
only because he still provides a service. You're talking about a guy like MKG who you who you'll be able to save out save money when you buy him out in I don't know December, January, February. Biz same thing. You'll have him on your roster for a little bit, but then you can negotiate a buyout as well. I do believe that they do have some assets. I just don't think they're they're moderately attractive. They're that girl that you don't mind hollering at at like 148 at night at the bar. It's not the one that you would ideally want, but at the same time, it's okay. It, you can be seen in public with her. You can do a walk of shame if necessary. And and Kimba is the one that texts that I just don't know how I feel right now. Exactly. And that's that can be very frustrating at times too, but there is hope. Hope still remains with Kimba Walker. June 20th, we've got the NBA draft. Coming up at the first week of July, free agency is on. We will finally uh, find out what's going to happen to Kimba Walker. So there is a ton ahead to talk about. We'll get into it next week. Uh, for Nada, I'm Doug and Walker, who decided to Diva. choose radio. Pod Diva, choosing radio over the Locked On Hornets podcast. He'll be back next week, too, though. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked On Hornets on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Hornets. Thanks to Gittimer.com for hosting us here in the Gittimer.com studios. We'll be back next week.